This is Coochie's Corner Podcast, hosted by Bobby Bailey. Check us out on social media, Facebook at The Crew Chief, on Twitter at The Crew Chief, Instagram at Crew Chief's Corner, and on TikTok at Crew Chief's Corner. And now on the Anchor Podcasting Network at anchor.fm and the Anchor app. Hey everybody, this is Bobby here at the Coochie's Corner Podcast coming to you with another episode here. Really, uh, you know, excited to be talking about the Virginia Short Tracks. That's what this episode is going to be called. It's going to be called the Virginia Short Track Recap. Uh, we'll talk about Martinsville. We'll talk about Richmond. And we're also going to talk about Jennifer Joe Cobb not being approved to run out at Talladega. We'll get into that. That'll probably be our lead story. That'll be the first thing we'll talk about right on the other side of this break. But I do want to apologize real quick. We weren't able to get on the air last week. I uh, just had some things in my regular job, uh, you know, that unfortunately, uh, you know, took me away from being able to record this week. So uh, this last week. So uh, I was kind of glad that, you know, things kind of fell the way they did uh, because now I'm here on uh, Tuesday doing the episode. And I'm able to get in another topic, um, one that I think is pretty timely. So we'll talk about the Jennifer Joe Cobb uh, approval and we'll talk about kind of how that all happened. And I know that's a topic a lot of people want to discuss. So we'll we'll talk about that. We'll also go over some news and notes of the week that was, and we'll get you all set up for Talladega. So we got an action-packed episode here of the Coochie's Corner Podcast, and we'll get started right after this quick break. For all your latest diecast needs, apparel, and much more, check out CircleBDieCast.com. The best part? All of our Crew Chiefs Corner podcast listeners use my promo code Crew Chiefs Corner. No apostrophe. It's all Crew Chiefs Corner. You'll save, you'll get free shipping on all U.S. orders over $20. Check out CircleBDieCast.com. Use my promo code Crew Chiefs Corner. You get free shipping on all U.S. orders over $20. All right, everybody, Bobby Bailey back here on the Coochie's Corner podcast, bringing you our kind of opening discussion topic of the day. And and what we're going to discuss now is the Jennifer Joe Cobb not being approved to go run Talladega. And I know this was a kind of a topic that broke late yesterday, which is part of the reason why I was glad we kind of pushed the podcast back a day uh, just because of the the craziness that happened and, and kind of clarify a little bit about what happened. I know, um, when the story first broke, there wasn't a lot of detail, and we'll we'll kind of go through it all. So apparently, getting into Richmond this past weekend, NASCAR informed uh, Rick Ware Racing and their operation that Jennifer Joe Cobb was not going to be approved to run the Cup Series race uh, this upcoming weekend at Talladega Super Speedway. Um, the reasoning behind that was because of her was largely due to her performance in the truck series, um, not having a ton of lead lap finishes. And there's, there's probably a lot of other things that go into it, but I know it was what they call the quality of her performance in the series. And the other thing you got to keep in mind is NASCAR is being stricter. Now I know the first thing many people point out is how did Quinn half get, um, you know, approved to run the cup series, but you have uh, Jennifer Joe Cobb who's run trucks and she's running for herself. She's running in, very underfunded uh, equipment. Uh, how is that going to preclude her from making a, a, a cup start? 
And the one thing I would say is that Quinn had made ARCA starts. He also made some uh, Xfinity starts, and he was approved to run Cup uh, in, I believe, 19. And I believe within the last year or so, there has been a movement within the sport to be a little stricter when it comes to approving guys to run the NASCAR Cup Series. And I think what what the the deal is with Jennifer Joe is is not anything other than the fact that she has struggled in the Truck Series to perform at a reasonable level, uh, given you know all factors. Whether you take out the fact that she does drive some drive underfunded trucks for herself, um, I, I think it's just the struggle that she normally does not finish on the lead lap. I think she has eleven career lead lap finishes in her. 260 plus career starts in the truck series. Um, I think that has something to do with it. I think the other part that has to do with it is Jennifer Joe Cobb hasn't run Xfinity. And I would like to say about six years now. Um, so I believe that has something to do with it. And obviously she's never made an attempt in a cup car. Um, I think part of the problem with NASCAR is uh, we, and we've discussed this countless times is the, is the changes and sometimes the on-the-fly moves that NASCAR makes when it comes to certain things. And I think that if you look at this deal with Jennifer Joe Cobb, there's a lot of people that are skeptical of, of the reasoning that NASCAR gave as to why she's not running. I, I believe people are upset because of the fact that Jennifer Joe Cobb does run her own truck program. She does drive for herself. She is a female driver, and she has a big fan following. The problem is, is that NASCAR, I think, has taken a lot of heat for the drivers they've approved in the past to go run in the Cup Series, whether that be a Quinn Half, whether that be, um, I mean, there's a myriad of guys that you could go down the line. I mean, Kevin Conway, you could go make a case why Kevin Conway even, like I said, got got approved. Um, you can make a, a, a an argument about James Davison, why he got approved. You know, just because you run open wheel doesn't give you uh, shouldn't give you an open book into the NASCAR Cup Series. We saw that with Kimi Raikkonen when he came over. Uh, he had to go run trucks. He couldn't just jump in a cup car and go out and race. They made Dario Franchitti go through the ranks a little bit before he got approved to go run cup. They did the same thing to Patrick Carpentier uh, when he came over, again, from IndyCar. They made him go run in Xfinity and trucks as well. They've done the same thing to other drivers. I, I just don't understand the notion that people don't that the fans don't get that these drivers have to do certain things and have to meet certain criteria. Now I don't, I'm not privileged to that information on what would qualify you or what would disqualify you from getting an approval for a NASCAR cup series license. I don't know if there are certain minimum things that you have to meet. I don't believe NASCAR publicizes that information. Uh, if they do, I apologize for not knowing it, but uh, as far as I'm concerned, that is a, a judgment call based on a group of individuals that is, uh, I believe, led in part by Brett Bodine, who is a NASCAR official, and um, and some other former drivers that have that have taken official positions within NASCAR. So the fact that uh, Jennifer Jo Cobb was not singled out because of Norm Benning, she was not singled out because she's a female race car driver, she was not fit, singled out for any other reason that people are trying to make the situation. This has, like I said, nothing to do with what happened at Richmond because this decision was made before Richmond. 
and Rick Ware was made aware of this particular decision that NASCAR made. Now, whether or not she uh, would get an opportunity to make a Cup Series start if it wasn't Talladega, we don't know. You know, if this was Martinsville or Richmond uh, the last couple of weeks, would NASCAR have been a little bit more lenient and let her start? I think so. The other thing I would say is that um, I think NASCAR is being a lot pickier, especially due to the limited track time that these teams are getting, um, which I think has part of the decision process here as well. Not having practice, not having qualifying, things that normally would prep a driver for a NASCAR Cup Series start, especially their first one. Um, I think this is part of the reason why NASCAR is not doing, uh, not approving her. It's just like NASCAR is very, very hard. It's very hard to get a guy. You know, let's say something happens in Kyle Busch. Some freak things happen to Kyle Busch and he can't run Sunday. You know, Joe Gibbs Racing can't go to NASCAR and say, we're going to put Ty Gibbs in the car. NASCAR would make would would basically tell Joe Gibbs Racing they have to find someone that has NASCAR Cup Series experience to replace Kyle Busch in a in that kind of a situation. And NASCAR, you know, used to be a lot more lenient when it came to guys making their first career starts. You know, you go back in the the late '90s, Matt Kenseth replaced Bobby Labonte uh, in the Southern 500. Now NASCAR made Kenseth practice that car, even though he was coming in as a relief driver. They did make Kenseth uh, practice that car back in 1998. Just like when Bill Elliott's father passed away and um, they needed a substitute driver for Bill, Matt Kenseth actually did practice, I believe, and qualified that car um, for Bill Elliott uh, when he made his first career Cup Series start. Uh, actual start, not a fill-in relief role like he served for Bobby Labonte at uh, Darlington in 98. But... You know, these are all things that, you know, the average fan is is looking at and saying, well, they used to do this, but now they're not. And I think NASCAR, like I said, has taken a lot of heat. They've taken a lot of criticism, and I think they're trying to change their ways. And I think the fans, you know, y- y- you guys have a right to, to be upset. I, I fully get it. I understand the point of, you know, you, you guys would be upset that NASCAR changes their mind a lot, uh, and they have. But I think they're trying to make the sport safer for the drivers uh, by being a little stricter on who they let run in the cup series. I think they need to kind of clean up the, the, the rule book a little bit for the lower series as well. Um, because I think there's some guys that are running in some of these lower series that really are moving chicanes. And I think NASCAR has got to clean up like Xfinity and, and truck a little bit too. There's some, you know, like Jay Buford. I mean, you know, here's a kid that, doesn't have a ton of stock car experience and they just like let him walk right into the, into the, uh, in the Xfinity series this year, he's running full time. He's a, pr- he was approved for everything, but Daytona. Um, and, and they, they they made him run X amount of races this year before they would approve him for Talladega this weekend. So like J you know, Jade Buford was a guy that, you know, NASCAR said, yeah, well he can't run Daytona, but he can run some of these other cars. Um, you know, so we'll just see how that all kind of pans out. But like I said, I think overall NASCAR made the right move with Jennifer Joe Cobb. I know that's it's a tough it's a tough thing here for a lot of people because you know Jennifer does have a big fan following. She's you know one of the 
the only active female drivers, uh, you know, in the series right now. I know Haley Deegan's there. I know, you know, Natalie Decker's there, but, but Jennifer Joe has been around for a long time. She's, you know, running her own team. Uh, she's given some drivers their first career starts. You know, I could sit here and list, list some of them for you, but, you know, at the end of the day, um, it, it's a it's a disappointing f you know a disappointing announcement for for her fans and for people that were looking forward to her driving uh, in a cup race. But you know, hopefully uh, down the road she's able to make that start and uh, you know do do whatever she needs to do in order to 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 be eligible. Whether that means she goes out and runs some Xfinity races, you know, for a team or 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 run try to get some more sponsorship to make her stuff more competitive. So that she could prove that she can ha- handle a cup uh, cup ride for a race or two or whatever she wants to do. So hopefully that all works out. But I think that, like I said, Nat, this was a NASCAR decision. But I think it was there was a lot of things that factored into it. Like I said, I think her performance in the Truck Series was the biggest thing that NASCAR told you know Bob Pockers and and some of the other people that were asking about it. And um, you know the only thing I want to like kind of clean up a little bit too is kind of how it all happened. I mean. I was scrolling through Twitter and I saw Bob tweet this out. So then I went and I put the story up on our Facebook page and I used the picture we got from Rick Ware uh, from the PR. And then um, I know a lot of people, I, I think we had 40 comments within 20 minutes, maybe 30 minutes. We had 40 comments up there and people speculating why. And, you know, I think, I don't know how Bob got the info. I don't know if Bob asked somebody at NASCAR or NASCAR put out a release. I mean, I'm on, I get a lot of the emails from NASCAR directly uh, as a media member, but um, I w- I didn't see an email. I mean, I went back and checked my emails this morning. Uh, I didn't see an email from NASCAR that said Jennifer Joe Cobb, not, not, you know, uh, approved to run, you know, uh, Talladega. So I don't know if Bob contacted somebody at NASCAR and they clarified that for him, you know, because I know the entry list came out and it said, you know, the driver for the 15 was TBA. Um, so I don't know if that's wh- how the ball started rolling and Bob's, you know, reporting. I- I'm not sure, but, um, whatever the case is, um, you know, that that's NASCAR made that announcement and they, they, they clarified that for everybody, but that's where it came from. You know, it, it came from Bob and then, Bob didn't elaborate immediately after that tweet. So we were kind of left to uh, myself and some other people were left to try to figure out and, and kind of read between the tea leaves here. And I, I almost thought that this was kind of like the prelude to an NASCAR announcement about the situation that happened between her and Norm Benning at Richmond, that Jennifer Joe Cobb was going to be parked or whatever they were going to do, you know, after that accident, I thought this was kind of like that precursor, like that pre kind of thing that happens and 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 it really wasn't as far as i know i don't think there's anything that's going to come from that whole situation down at richmond at least at least i haven't been indicated that that's what's going to happen but tuesdays are the penalty days as far as nascar is concerned so we might find something out this afternoon uh about that and then when that happens just check out our facebook page or the crewchief.net we'll have that information up on both of those uh formats so we'll go from there So what we're going to do is we're going to take another quick break. And then on the other side of this break, we are going to break down the races that were Martinsville. So we'll talk about the Martinsville race. We'll talk about some tempers flaring. And uh, we'll get you all set up as we inch a little bit closer 
to our Richmond race recap. And then also uh, after uh, that break, we will break down Talladega as well. This is Coochie's Corner Podcast. I'm Bobby Bailey. Check out thecrewchief.net for all the latest NASCAR news, driver points, owner points, uh, race results, race schedules, paint schemes, and all, of course, all the latest news and information. That's Once again, that's thecrewchief.net, your portal to the world of NASCAR silly season news and racing statistics. All right, guys, back here on the Crew Chiefs Corner Podcast. This is Bobby Bailey. We are going to get into Martinsville. What a crazy, crazy weekend Martinsville was. So Mother Nature this year, once again, has been playing uh, games with us, so to speak, on our uh, NASCAR schedule. So we had uh, two rainouts. Or, well, I shouldn't say rainouts. I mean, there were two races that we had to postpone to Sunday due to weather. So the Xfinity race on Friday evening uh, got started. I think they ran 91 or 92 laps of the race, uh, and then it poured. Um, so they weren't able to get to uh, halfway. Um, so they were unable to get to that point, and uh, they had to make up the rest of the race Sunday at noon. And I'll tell you this. I, I wasn't able to watch this. I was actually at work and uh we had all kinds of crazy stuff happening last week so unfortunately i wasn't really able to see much of the either race honestly i saw the end of the cup race but that was about all i saw um but obviously a big win for josh barry you know uh picked up the win uh he led uh four times for 95 laps um but a big win for him uh, a couple weeks ago on sunday and you know i, I look at josh barry a lot like i look at some other people uh, that have come through this sport and Josh, you know, has, has had opportunities in the past to drive for junior. And I think Dale's always tried to kind of put, um, you know, good opportunities in front of him for him to succeed, for him to win races to, for him to compete for championships. You know, Josh also won the 2020, uh, NASCAR, uh, advanced auto parts weekly racing series. Uh, I think late model, uh, national championship last year. So, you know, Josh has been at the top of his game for the last couple of years as far as the late model tours go. He's been, you know, winning big races. He he led 300 laps, I think, one time down there in the big late model race that's run there at uh, Martinsville uh, each year. And he's, he's led all those laps. So he has a ton of experience at the track. But jumping in one of these Xfinity cars is difficult. This is not something that you or I could go jump in a car and say, Hey, you know, we got short track experience. I ran XYZ racetrack or you ran, you know, ABC track and, and you, you know, you can jump in it and, and go out and dominate, you know, this race like Josh Berry did. Um, this takes a lot of skill and Josh has just the right amount of experience in these Xfinity cars, uh, largely at short tracks. Um, you know, he, he ran Daytona like for the first time ever, you know, this past year, uh, he did a lot of, he's run at these mile and a half tracks for the first time at, at a lot of them. So he doesn't have as much experience as, you know, a Noah Gregson or Austin Sindrick or, or uh, Brandon Jones or, or Justin Algar. He doesn't have that kind of experience. And I, I equate Josh Berry a little bit 
to Alex Bowman, and 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 this is why I will I'll make that uh, that comparison. When when Bowman, you know, first started out with Junior Motorsports, he was kind of in a in a rough spot. Um, and this is part of what I talked about in my feature article is Bowman, you know, started out driving for a couple different teams and, and he started out, uh, he had his first full-time opportunity in, in Xfinity with RAB racing and RAB racing had some funding, um, to, to put, you know, Bowman in the car for some races. You know, he actually, I think he ran the whole schedule, but they had a little bit of funding and, uh, you know, Alex was able to run the whole race. Don't I mean the whole season. Um, then the funding kind of went away. Bowman was sort of out of his seat and 2014 was kind of a rough year for him. You know, he, he had to go take the deal with, um, BK racing in the cup series, but, uh, junior Dale jr. Really noticed that this cat had a lot of talent. So he snuck him into a couple races at junior motorsports and sort of, you know, the rest, as they say, the rest is history, but you look at Bowman, he took that, he, he ran a limited schedule, um, and, and Junior really sold the, ca- the crap out of Bowman, the sponsors. I mean, he was he tried everything he could to get Bowman opportunities to run those cars. Just like he's trying to do the same thing with Josh Berry. He's trying to sell sponsors on Josh Berry. He's, he believes a lot in Josh's talent, and I think Josh has proven that, that he, given the right cars, given the right set of circumstances, given a sponsor – and all that, that he has the talent to go out and win these races. Now, winning Martinsville is huge. I mean, there's no doubt about it. This is going to put Josh Berry on the right path. And I think that, you know, you look at Alex Bowman, when he won that race for Chip Ganassi Racing in the 42 car at Charlotte in 2017, that put him on a trajectory with, with you know, with Hendrick. I mean, Hendrick already had him as a driver for their 88 car in the Cup Series you know, for 2018, whether he won that race at Charlotte or not. But I think that these two wins, when you look at where they are in their careers, you know, Bowman, there was a lot of people that were hesitant with him when he went into the 88 car. There's a hell of a lot of people are still worried about him. And he just won this past weekend at Richmond, the cup car and the 48 car. There's a lot of people that are still the jury's out on, on Bowman. Josh Berry wins at Martinsville. Everyone's like, yeah, Josh Berry's the next thing. The thing that Josh is going to have to do now is he's going to have to prove people that he belongs in this seat full time. And he needs to go out and, and, and have some great finishes at the mile and a half at some of these other places that he's going to have an opportunity to race until Sam Mayer comes in and takes that car over. Those are the opportunities that Josh Berry is going to have to seize now because he's got the win. He's proven he can win races in this car. He needs to prove that he can win races and have those strong finishes in the car when he's at tracks that he's not as familiar with at places that he's not as well known of being a dominant driver at like all these short tracks. So that's where it is with Josh Berry. But I, I just, you know, you kind of look at the parallels between Bowman and Barry and you can kind of see that Dale jr. Believed immensely in both of them. He thought that they had the talent to go out there and win those, those races and, and, and you know, compete for championships and stuff like that. And, you see that Bowman is starting to kind of come into his own in the cup car. It's taken him a little bit longer and cups, a hard series. You know, I think, I don't think people understand how hard it is to get in a cup car, especially when you've been driving the junk that Bowman drove for as long as he drove it to get used to being in really good equipment and what you need to do because driving junk equipment, it's, 
you know, you're going to only get so much out of that car, no matter how hard you adjust on it. You know that, and those guys all know that are driving some of that lesser equipment. They all know the limits of their equipment. It's just like Corey LaJoy, when he was driving for go fast racing, he knew the limits of that 32 car. Matt D. Benedetto, he knew the limits of that 32 car. He knew the limits of that 83 car. Now, yes, Matt did have some great runs in that that BK racing equipment, much better runs than Bowman did. He had a lot better runs in the 32 car at times than what Corey LaJoy was able to do. But make no mistake about it, sometimes when you get in this really good equipment, especially for guys that kind of went from the rags to the riches, it is hard as hell to get in that good stuff and try to figure out what you're doing because now it's now you feel like it's not the car that's holding you back. It's you that's holding you back. So um, we'll, we'll, we'll go from there. So we'll see how that all pans out for, for Barry, where that takes him. I know he's got some sponsorship now from Tire Pros for two additional races uh, this weekend at Talladega's one and then at the race at Dover later in May is the other race that they'll have them. So um, good good news on that front for Josh Barry, something positive did happen for him for sure. Uh, two race sponsorship uh, with Tire Pros, and I know Camping World and Marcus Leonis was originally going to be on the car at Talladega, but they were able to get something a little bit more longer term out of Tire Pros uh, due to this whole thing and uh, you know this big win for Josh Berry. So that was huge. Then we get to the, the to the Cup race, and my gosh, what a race! I mean. I, I looked really good for three quarters of, of that event. Like Denny Hamlin was my guy. That was who I picked to win. I, I, you know, I knew he hadn't won there since 2016. And I'm like, yes, yes, we finally got a race pick right. And then the last 20 laps of the race happened and Martin Truex Jr. comes out of nowhere and picks up the win. Uh, but kudos to Martin Truex. I mean, you know, here's a, here's a guy that, geez, what was it? Four or five years ago. Didn't have a single uh, short track win on his resume, even though he grew up on the on the short tracks of South Jersey. You know, he, he grew up there in Wall Stadium and and uh, you know some of those other places down there uh, in South Jersey. But what a what a big win for for Truex! His uh, third win in four races at Martinsville. The only race he didn't win was the race last fall that uh, Chase Elliott won that propelled him to his Cup Series championship last year, but. Uh, a big win for Truex, you know, uh, stole one away and, and, uh, Logano snuck in there for second and then Denny Hamlin finished third. So, uh, really some two, two really exciting races, two guys that, um, you know, grew up as short track racers that, that got the wins. So a big weekend for those guys that, uh, grew up on those short tracks, you know, so that's really cool to see Truex and Josh Berry get those wins. So, you know, overall, Mother Nature kind of, you know, wrecked havoc on us uh, at Martinsville. But in the end, we got two big wins out of uh, some short track uh, guys and Josh Berry and Martin Truex Jr. So big wins for them. Obviously, Truex becomes the first repeat winner of 2021. And uh, we'll see. As we head to Richmond, do we see a repeat out of Josh Berry? Does Martin Truex Jr. become the first guy to win? three races in 2021 or do we see our eighth different winner in nine races we'll find out on the other side of the break this is the crew cheese corner podcast hosted by bobby bailey (laughs) 
for all your latest diecast needs, apparel, and much more, check out CircleBDieCast.com. The best part, all of our Crew Chiefs Corner podcast listeners use my promo code Crew Chiefs Corner. No apostrophe. It's all Crew Chiefs Corner. You'll save you'll get free shipping on all US orders over $20. Check out CircleBDieCast.com. Use my promo code Crew Chiefs Corner. You get free shipping on all U.S. orders over $20. All right, everybody. This is Bobby Bailey back here on the Coochie's Corner podcast. Now we're going to dive into Richmond. So Mother Nature kind of played in our favor this weekend at Richmond. We didn't have rain. We got both races in when they were supposed to get in. So that's a plus. This weekend, we had the truck race and we had the cup race. So I'll be honest with you. I didn't watch the truck race at all. Um, you know, we, uh, like I said, just had a had a crazy week. But, you know, I'll, I'll say this about the trucks. You know, I think Richmond has been a good uh, place for them. The last couple races they've run there, I think, uh, have been pretty exciting. I know um, there was a couple wrecks during the race. So definitely uh, lived up to the hype. I know. Um, we, we kind of were worried, you know, when you see the entry list and you see Kyle Bush on it, you're like, Oh, Kyle Bush is going to stink this show up. But realistically he didn't, he, um, he ended up with really, uh, a tough time on his hands, you know, for Kyle Bush to finish stage one and third finish stage, uh, two in fifth. And he started in 12th. This wasn't like Kyle Bush, you know, had to start in like 15th or 20th, you know, this is, this is Kyle Bush had to start in 12th place. And, you know, there's races where Kyle Bush would have passed all 12 trucks in two laps or something, but you know, Kyle didn't have that good of a truck. It was really John Hunter Nemechek that had the truck to beat led 114 laps. So a lot of laps to lead in a, in a truck race. That's only 250 laps long. So a big win for John Hunter, Obviously had a really good truck. So did Grand Enfinger. He led uh, 71 laps there, uh, dominated the early uh, portions of that race, uh, and also put up the fastest uh, lap of the race as well. So a big win for John Hunter Nemechek. His second win of the season obviously puts him in a really good spot uh, right behind Ben Rhodes there for for wins. And, uh, you know, I said it, when, when John Hunter came down, to, to run the trucks after being in cup for a year. I said, this, this move was for him to win races, compete for a championship. And I mean, you couldn't pick more than two or three other guys that have a legit shot at winning this title. Besides John Hunter Nemechek. If you want to say Matt Crafton, I'll give you Matt Crafton. If you want to say Johnny Sauter, I'd give you Johnny Sauter. But outside of those guys, I mean, yeah, Sheldon Creed won the championship last year. Uh, you know, he would be somebody else that you could say would would be somebody that could win the championship. But there's not like eight or nine guys that I would say, man, you know, John Hunter's really put himself in a bad spot. He put himself in very good equipment in a very, very light, um, a light series right now. I mean, this this isn't the most competitive this truck series has been in years. Um, you know, I really think that John Hunter's got a chance to stink up the show a little bit this year win eight, nine, 10 races and, and probably walk his way to the final four and have a legitimate shot at winning this championship, uh, you know, come November in Phoenix. I, I really do think that this is kind of like going to be his way to kind of stink up the show a little bit. 
So we'll see how that all pans out for him. But a big win. Kyle Busch was second. Tyler Ingram third. Chandler Smith was fourth. Uh, fifth was Johnny Sauter. Sixth, Todd Gilliland. Seventh was Ben Rhodes. Eighth was Grant Infringer. Ninth was Sam Mayer. A good run for Sam in that 32 truck for uh, Brett Holmes Racing. And then a top 10 for Austin Hill in the number 16. But then you look at the other guys that were right behind him. You had Sheldon Creek, Co- Carson Hosevar, uh, Stuart Friesen, Zane Smith, Derek Krause, Spencer Davis was 16th, Haley Deegan 17th, 18th was Matt Crafton. Uh, not a great day for Matt Crafton. Uh, 19th was Austin Wayne Self, and then 20th was Danny Bond. But getting back to John Hunter Nemechek, I think that this is the kind of stuff that John Hunter needs to do. He needs to go out and dominate races. He needs to go out to to win races. He needs to get those stage points. He needs to do everything he can to really put himself in uh, in that spot. So I really do hope that we see uh, more wins out of John Hurdy Nemechek uh, because I think these are the things he needs to do to put himself in the spot to win this championship. You know that uh, Matt Crafton's going to win races. I really do believe Johnny Sauter's going to win a race or two this year. And listen, Sam Mayer has won races in the past. I know he's not a guy that's competing for the Truck Series championship this year, but you know until he turns 18, he's going to run as many of these truck races as he's allowed to. And I know he's going to even run some of these truck races later in the season to get him some experience at some of these tracks that he's never been at, especially on these mile and a half. So Sam Mayer is a guy that could steal some wins um, from a John Hunter Nemechek, from a Johnny Sauter, from those guys. Grant Infinger, again, no plans to running the full schedule. I know they're trying to do as much as they can for him. Uh, you know, he's trying to do as much as he can to get him in all the races, but Grant Infinger, when he's in that 98 truck, you know they're going to be competitive. You know he's going to have a shot at winning races. He's a guy that maybe could steal a win or two away. So John Hunter Nemechek has got to take advantage of every race that he can and win those events so that that gives him the bonus points and everything that he needs. He's, he's going to need all the advantage he can take because, you like I said, you know Johnny Sauter is going to win. You know that Matt Crafton's going to win. You know Sheldon Creed is probably going to sneak in and win a race or two, uh, especially on the road courses. You know, Sheldon's been pretty good at those places. Uh, you know, he won at the Daytona road course last year. So you know that these are races that, you know, they're going to be up for grabs. You know, NASCAR is going to Coda in a few months, in, in about a month. You know that that's going to be a place where nobody knows what's going to happen. We might get a surprise winner there. Um, so these are all races that, you know, all these guys got to take advantage of. It's not just John Hunter Nemechek. It's all the guys got to take advantage of these races. And that's why I, I still think that no matter who wins this truck championship, whether it's John Hunter Nemechek or somebody else, you got to go out and claim these wins and, and do whatever you can to win them. And uh, you got to go out there and try to steal these wins from, from Kyle Busch. But it seems like the only guy that can beat Kyle Busch is John Hunter Nemechek um, this year because he's been the only guy to do it. So we'll see. Kyle's... Run run two races. John Hunter Nemechek won both of them. Ironic? I don't know, but it's it's something. <laughs> Moving on to the cup race on Sunday, a day race. Uh, I got to see the whole race on Sunday. I was really excited about that. I uh, like I said, tough tough week at the at the real world job, not not the little fantasy job that I have here on the podcast and and the Facebook pages and the website and all that stuff, but. Uh, what a race. I mean, listen, we had over 600 laps between 
the race we had at Richmond last year, the one race we had, not two. And then the the races we had uh, in 2019 at Richmond, we had over 600 laps of essentially caution-free races before we had the um, the first one for cause. Okay, all the way back on – what was that? That was lap 142. Lap 142 was the first caution for cause in over 600 laps at Richmond. Now, put that in perspective. We ran 400 laps on Sunday, okay? So we ran the whole race last year at at, at uh, Martin, I mean at Richmond, no cautions other than the stage breaks. That was it. or And the competition caution. That was it. The only caution, we got some cautions, uh, I guess, after or before halfway in the race on uh, in 2019. So we had a race and a half approximately of caution-free racing at, at Richmond. And we finally had a caution for cause. It was uh, Ryan Newman getting punted. <laughs> to, to kind of put it mildly, he got punted, uh, spun around, did make some slight contact with the wall with the rear of his uh, Oscar Meyer Ford Mustang, but he was able to continue on and uh, sort of go from there. But, you know, then we had a caution uh, for the stage two break, and then we, we only had one other caution the whole race. And that was the surprising one of them all was when Kevin Harvick blew a right, a right rear tire down, spun the car around, backed it into the wall, shortened it up pretty good. And his day was done on the Hunt Brothers Pizza Ford Mustang. But uh, not a lot of wrecks per se, uh, but that late race wreck with uh, Kevin Harvick really changed the complexion of the race. Denny Hamlin dominates. Okay, so just like at Martinsville, Hamlin dominated Martinsville. Hamlin was dominating Richmond, and we were looking great again. I didn't really make a race pick for for Richmond, but I probably would have picked Hamlin anyhow because I would have. I probably would have come out of the Martinsville episode and said it's going to be Denny's time. He's going to win at Richmond. Wrong, wrong, wrong. So Hamlin, uh, you know, once again. Kind of snake bitten on a late race restart. Um, a big win for Alex Bowman. I mean, I can't even, I can't even go into all of it. How big this was for Alex Bowman. He needed this win in the worst way, and and, and for twofold. I mean, obviously, first and foremost, uh, you know, I'm sure you guys have all heard the story that Alex Bowman lost uh, a crew member, uh, Rowdy uh, Howell, in the off season, and his wife Blakely died in a car accident uh, back in November of 2020. And, and it was such a tragic uh, accident that happened. And it was definitely felt throughout the uh, Hendrick and uh, junior motorsports organizations. And you could see that emotion after the, after he, uh, Bowman got out of the car, he was celebrating. You could see he was, he was quite literally crying on TV, which I, I think a lot of times people forget the, the raw emotion of this sport and how hard it is to win. You know, and and why I did my feature article on Bowman and kind of the way I did it was, you know, we talked about the win. We talked about Rowdy and Blakely, but we also talked about Bowman's journey to get here and just kind of reminiscing about how lucky Bowman was to get recognized by Dale Jr. while he was driving for RAB Racing and how competitive he was in the equipment that wasn't necessarily the greatest equipment in the world. 
and Alex was able to go out and win, you know, that cup race in, in 2019 at Chicagoland, answering the call of a lot of people. Is Alex Bowman going to ever win a cup race? And when he did that, he followed it up last year with a big win at Auto Club Speedway. And now he follows it up this year, moving moving to the 48, although it's really his same 88 team that he had when he was driving the 88. It's just ally-sponsored, and it's the 48. That's all. That's the only thing that connects him to the 48 is the wrap on that race car. Everything else, the cars, the haulers, the crew guys, the pit crew, that's all the 88 team that was with Dale Jr. in 2017. That's the same group of guys that were with Dale Jr. They just now have a 48 on everything. That's it. And Ally sponsors them. That's the only difference. I swear. Really, Jimmy Johnson's old team is with Kyle Larson. And Larson won a race. So then that begs to differ, begs to ask the question of, really, was it Dale, Was it really Jimmy Johnson's fault? for why that team struggled the last couple of years, or really was it an organizational issue? The world will never know, okay? So let's stop trying to figure it out. But a big win for Bowman, a contract year for him. You know the guy's going to get a contract now because he won a race. Um, and it was a big, a big win for him. Late in the race, final 10 laps, right when it mattered, he, he you know stepped up there and got that win and sort of came out of nowhere. I mean, it kind of reminds me of when Blaney won Atlanta. You know, you were looking, and, and, and Blaney wasn't somebody I would have picked to win Atlanta. But all of a sudden, he came out of the thin blue sky, and there and there's, you know, Ryan Blaney winning at Atlanta. Bowman picks up the win at, at Richmond. So you couldn't have picked um, a, a, a more deserving guy than Bowman, in my opinion. You know, the kid's been through a lot. He, he's gone from driving for free for BK Racing all the way to, you know, driving the 48. He's gone from the rags to the riches. Um, and, and you know what, he's, he's shown that he belongs in this kind of equipment with his third career win. And, you know, Hey, um, you never know. It might not be the last one he wins this year. So, uh, big win for Bowman, uh, another disappointing loss for Denny Hamlin. I know that excites a lot of you out there because listen, Denny doesn't have a ton of fans. Okay. I know he has fans, but he doesn't have a ton of fans. Uh, so I know that, that, that there's a lot of you that were kind of happy to see, uh, Hamlin not get that win. And I don't know what the hell Hamlin was talking about after the race that he'd rather be him than than Alex Bowman. I I don't know. I mean, I, I I sort of understand it that you know Hamlin has had a better year than Bowman did, and Hamlin is probably going to win races this year and, and probably win multiple races. And I think he's trying to say that Bowman you know still hasn't figured it out as far as you know being a guy that can compete on a weekly basis for wins and stuff like that. I think that's kind of what Hamlin was was meeting. So he's kind of trying to take a dig at Bowman, which I don't understand why, um, you know, I think he should worry about some of his, his own, uh, teammates on the Xfinity side of things like, uh, you know, Daniel Hemrick, who hasn't won any NASCAR races in five or six years now. So I think he should be more worried about that, but you know, I digress there. That's not a Denny Hamlin call, but, um, we'll see. So this weekend we have Talladega. I'll give you my little, preview on that and then we will get into uh the news of the week on the other side of this break this is the crew chiefs corner podcast hosted by bobby bailey
Check out thecrewchief.net for all the latest NASCAR news, driver points, owner points, uh, race results, race schedules, paint schemes, and all, of course, all the latest news and information. That's Once again, that's thecrewchief.net, your portal to the world of NASCAR silly season news and racing statistics. All right, guys, it's Bobby Bailey back here on the Coochie's Corner Podcast. So now we're going to talk about Talladega. We're going to talk about the news and notes of the week. So, so far, we we found out that Harrison Burton's going to drive the 96 for Dex Imaging uh, as his sponsor, uh, driving for the Gaunt Brothers at Talladega. Apparently, he's making his Cup Series debut this weekend. Um. Which again adds even more credence to what we discussed earlier. Um, you know, you know, I think NASCAR is being much more selective. I believe the reason why Harrison got approved, obviously, is he's been competing in the Xfinity Series actively the last couple of years, and I think um, given that, that's why they let him make his Cup debut. But like I said, I think they're being stricter with this. I, I really do believe that. I don't think this was a, a a Jennifer Joe Cobb, we don't like you kind of move. I think this was a move that was made because of, as we mentioned earlier, a, a lot of uh, poor performances in the truck series and, and things of the sort. So um, I believe that's really more to do with it than anything else. The other thing, um, the other big news is obviously there's going to be a pretty cool uh, D.V. Allison tribute this weekend. So Joey Gase is going to drive uh, two cars that they're renumbering for the weekend. So the 17 car in the Xfinity series will be renumbered for the 28th this weekend. And then the 53 on the cup side of things will be renumbered to the 28 to honor Davey Allison. And, and Gase is doing that uh, because Davey Allison was an, o- an organ donor. And uh, they're going to do uh, that tribute to uh, get people to, to register uh, for organ donation. So uh, I think that's a pretty cool thing that they've put together as well. So, uh, those were kind of like the big things that happened within the last week or so that I didn't really get to. Um, we know that um, we're going to find out probably some more stuff in the coming days and weeks about practice schedules and all that for CODA. So we'll have all that stuff up. If you go on the crewchief.net, you will find uh, the site has been totally updated. Uh, we have all the new uh, race schedules up. So the race schedule is up for Talladega. We have the entry list, I believe, is going to go up there some point today for the Cup and Xfinity cars. We will also put up um, the, um, I think all the owner points and driver points and all that are updated for the the, uh, Trucks, Cup, and Xfinity. And I think uh, we added some more paint schemes to the paint scheme page. And my uh, feature article of the week, which we talked about earlier, is this week on Alex Bowman and his big win at Richmond. And we discuss his uh, career look back as well. So uh, really excited for you guys to go check out the crewchief.net. I know you guys probably just heard uh, the ad in the, uh, in the role there, but I uh, hope you guys uh, go and check uh, the crewchief.net out. We have a lot of really cool stuff on there. And, and like I said, don't worry, we're still doing all of our social media stuff. We're still doing the podcast, obviously. Um, so you guys will be able to check us out and all the different various formats that we have. Uh, I think that's kind of what makes this all unique is that we're able to do not only just a website or not only just social media, we're able to do kind of all of it. And you guys are able to access us in, in a lot of different formats. Um, 
than maybe you would uh, some of the other uh, stuff that's out there. So uh, thank you guys for all the support. I do greatly appreciate it. We're, we're you know, way over um, what my expectations were of, of any of this. So uh, thank you guys so much for that. And, um, you know, I guess the only other thing we have left to talk about is is uh, go check out my friends over at Circle B Diecast, uh, CircleBDiecast.com. Uh, use the promo code Crew Chiefs Corner. There's no apostrophe in the Chiefs. Um, it's just Crew Chiefs Corner. You get free shipping on any U.S. order over 20 bucks. Um, and, and the great thing is, if you're pre-ordering, let's say maybe your Alex Bowman uh, race win diecast, they won't charge you until it ships. So that's uh, really a cool thing that the guys over at Circle B Diecast do. You can go check them out. And uh, that's it. I want to thank everybody for uh, listening and uh, tuning in on the live stream. Don't forget, you can always check us out on our Twitch and YouTube pages. Uh, We do live stream the podcast when possible, so you guys can go check that out uh, as well on our Twitch page. It's twitch.tv slash giants, like the football team, 02122. And also you can search for us on YouTube. Just search Crew Chiefs Corner in the search bar. You'll find our, our channel. And you can go back and watch any of the live recordings of the um, Coochie's Corner page. So thank you guys again for all your support. Tell your friends. And until next time, let's go racing. See you next week. Thanks for listening to the Coochie's Corner podcast. I'm Bobby Bailey. Check us out on social media. Facebook at the Crew Chief, on Twitter at the Crew Chief, Instagram at Crew Chief's Corner, TikTok at Crew Chief's Corner, and on the Anchor app and Anchor.fm. Thanks for listening. <laughs>